weeks ago, we talked about how for everything that you want funded, basically everything that's sitting on your to be funded list, that it needs a fundraising one pager so that donors or anybody that's interested can see that you've already gone through and figured out what's the problem, what's the solution, how are you going to fix it, why should they give money to you, what's the amount that you need, and why it matters. Okay, so I gave that to you in an editable free template. I'll link that video here so that you can go grab that. Okay, but if you email these one pagers out or you have these one pagers on your website and a donor or sponsor corporate partner says to you, hey, that sounds really great. It aligns with our values. This is something we'd like to fund. Can you give me a more fleshed out proposal? Now you're like, oh my God, now I have to develop this whole proposal. And maybe you don't even know how to develop proposals or you haven't done it yet. So what I'm giving you today is a free proposal template I'm telling you, once I got this template, I have won like hundreds of thousands of dollars using this template. And if you use this template, it will have all the key components you need to show that you've really thought through this. But not only that, not only will you wow the funder and have the funder go, this is a great proposal, but once you've done a proposal that's this in depth, you feel great when you get the money because you don't just get the money and go, okay, cool, now what do we do with it? No, you've written a proposal that's saying exactly what you're gonna do with that money, exactly how you're gonna use it, what the budget is, what you're spending it on. So it's like your roadmap. You have the proposal, you just follow it, and then you report back. So it makes it so much easier for you once you are granted the money. So I want to show you that proposal today and give it to you so that you can feel really good about having your one pagers. And then when they say, can you go a little bit deeper? You take out this proposal template, you flesh it out for them, you send it over and you feel so good once you get the money and you feel confident that you actually can deliver on the things you promised for that money. All right, let's talk about it. Welcome to episode 53 of For Purpose Live, where I help you get clear, get focused, and be impactful by showing you how to step fully into the calling that you've been given without taking on that common narrative that nonprofits have to struggle. That's right, together we can get you in your sweet spot using your strengths and your talents to serve this world and build a movement for your mission simply by living for purpose, on purpose. I'm Rebecca Britt, your host, and today we are talking about proposals because when somebody says to you, hey, I'd like to give $100,000 to this thing, or hey, I would really like to fund something for you, can you tell me, can you write up a proposal? You want to give them a really polished, professional, amazing document that you feel good about and sets the stage for exactly how you will accomplish that once they stroke the check, right? So if you're like me and you want to work while we talk, then go grab that proposal template right now. It's at forpurposelive.com proposal. You can grab it. It's editable. Drop your logo in, all that cool stuff, okay? forpurposelive.com proposal. Okay, so let's walk through this. What are the main components of a good proposal. So first off, a good proposal is going to have a title page and a table of contents. One, this just looks professional, but two, sponsor somebody that's going to read through a long proposal and a lot of times there's a lot of detail in there. You know, if you're gonna launch a whole program and you're gonna solve a big problem or whatever, there needs to be a lot in there, okay? so. The table of contents helps because they can jump right to the budget or they can jump right to the executive summary or wherever means the most for them without having to kind of sift through the whole thing. So table of contents also keep us organized as well. Okay, so that title page, it's gonna have your logo, it's gonna have your organization's name, 
um, who the authorized negotiator is, um, the contact information, your title, the phone, the email, so that they know who can we talk to about this program. Then the table of contents is going to have a project overview, or this is what's going to be in your proposal. A project overview, a professional overview, the proposed approach, the design, how you're going to report back, your timeline, deliverables, and a budget. Okay, so let's go through what each one of those mean. So the project overview is a summary of the whole project. This is like an executive summary. What will you accomplish with this funding in a paragraph or two? Make this really succinct. What's the problem you're trying to solve? How are you going to solve it? How will you use the money? Okay. Then you want to go into a professional overview. Why is your organization uniquely positioned to do this work? If you've seen my episode on a what sets you apart statement, this is where you should drop this in. I will try to add that. Um, below and in a card here so that you can watch that one. There's also a free uh, worksheet that you can uh, use to develop your what sets you apart statement. That should go right here. But mainly this is what has your organization accomplished thus far to position you as a leader in the space? Who's on your team? What are their qualifications? What's your experience? All that good stuff. Why should they give it to you over another organization? Okay. Then the next part is the proposed approach. So you want to write a sentence or two here to summarize your approach. For example, your organization proposes a three-phased approach to developing and launching a blank program in an effort to whatever you're trying to have as a desired result. Okay. So that little example is right in the template and you can use that. So if you are going to do a, um, a proposed approach where you have like a three-phased approach where first you need to research and development, you need to do a literature review, you need to, um, you know, just research and development. You need to figure out who are your key players, you need to develop tools, uh, you need to develop a survey. Then maybe the second thing is that you're going to launch a survey and maybe the third thing is that you're going to develop this report and show the industry all the gaps there are in, in your particular problem. Okay. So then you would go through in your project design and you would say phase one, information gathering. Phase two, uh, you know, tool development or launching the survey. Phase three, Okay, so go through and add the steps of whatever your project is. If your project isn't a phased approach, that's fine. Usually you can break projects down into phases and I feel like phases really help people understand the steps of the project and it helps you understand your timeline because usually, you know, we might say, oh, we're going to survey all these people and we need money to do it. And then we go, sure, we can get that done and, you know, give us the money. We'll get it done in a month. But it actually takes a long time. Like who's developing this survey? Where are we sending this survey? How are we reaching these people? Like there's a lot to think through. So you want to pause and really think through all of the steps and a timeline. How long are you going to leave the survey open? You don't just launch a survey and in like two days you have all the responses. And maybe you need to keep tickling people like saying, you know, promote the survey over and over and over again for four months. And then after four months, you'll have enough responses. So you really need to think about, you know, how long is this going to take? That's just for a survey project, but you may be um, launching a food bank in your area. So maybe there's time where you need to secure the um donation like you have to develop the marketing materials to get the donations of the food maybe you need to make strategic partnerships then maybe you need to like build out the actual 
food bank pantry area in your location. Um, then maybe you need to like hire volunteer and staff, okay? There's a whole bunch of steps to actually launching a specific program and you just need to think about your different phases. I think that donors can follow phases of a project pretty good and it shows that you have thought through that it isn't just like, yeah, we'll do a food bank. They wanna see like the how, the tactics, the strategies in there, okay? So really with your proposed approach, make sure your design is well thought out, okay? Think of everything. Like even if you're doing a survey, what survey platform are you gonna use? Is it secure? Is it, you know, these things that they will love to see that you have thought through, okay? Maybe if you're going to, you know, erect a new building on your property, then you need to get the permits and how long does that permit, like allow them to see that you've thought through it all. Okay, the next section is reporting. This is so important because a lot of people say like, oh, well, we're waiting on to hear from the funder how they would like to be reported back to. No, no. This is like the part that the funder will love the most. The fact that you're saying, this is how we will report back. Um, this is how you will know we are on track and that we're um, being impactful and we're spending your money the right way. So. You can set this, whatever makes sense for your project. This could be quarterly, this could be at the end. This is where you want to include your metrics. I have a worksheet on metrics that matter. If you go to my website, forpurposelive.com, you can scroll down to the bottom, I've got free worksheets, okay? So if you have developed metrics that matter, which metrics that matter for me are ones that talk about how much you did, how well you did it, and is anybody better off because of it, okay? So we don't just want how much, we want how are you tracking progress of like, how, how is anybody better off because of this? So if you go grab that worksheet, you can come up with some KPIs for, for this proposal, drop them in here. Say, we expect 100 people to come through the food bank within the first three months. So if that's the truth, then you need to include in your timeline three months for it to be effective and three months for you to track how many people come through before your grant period can end. So even if the grant, the $100,000, um, covered you to develop it and market it and build it all the money spent okay but now people are coming through the door and you need three more months on the grant funding period so that you can track the impact how many people came through okay and then you might want other metrics about like how satisfied were they how many people returned how many people said that this was a meaningful resource in their community okay so you can come up with certain quantitative metrics so that you can report back the impact that their dollars had drop those in the reporting say we're going to report this metric this metric this metric um and we will report which metrics at which time okay so maybe if it's a three-phased approach, maybe you're gonna have three reporting periods. You get to come up with them, but they see that you are thinking about reporting, you're thinking about accountability, and you are going to do what works for you. If nothing, like if the whole first part is like, you know, research and development and launching and there's not much to report, then don't have a reporting period then. Really think about it. Don't just say, we'll report quarterly. Really think about when would it make sense for me to report back? When would be enough time for me to actually tell you something meaningful, okay? Then your timeline. So what's your timeline for the key activities? So you've thought through your approach and now you get to get pretty tactical, okay? So in the template I show you like, you know, I usually go through quarters, but maybe this would be like just in one month. Maybe you do week one, we're gonna do this, this, and this. 
Week two, we're going to do this, this, and this. So I literally do week one or September through October or October through December of this year. And underneath the date, I just do bullets. We're going to have a kickoff meeting. We're going to develop a survey testing group. We're going to actually develop the survey. We're going to do a pre-screening tool development, like whatever all the things you need to do in that time period. Then, you know, from October to November, we're going to launch the survey. We're going to collect responses. We're going to assess preliminary findings. We're going to deliver raw data. Whatever your chunks of time, week one, we're going to do research and development. We're going to reach out to strategic partners, like whatever you need to do. Just have the time frame, bullets underneath of the key activities you're actually going to do. And that will help you understand, like, is this enough time to do all these things? Remember, if you're getting groups together, making strategic partnerships, uh, you know, getting uh, councils together to um, inform the project, just remember that it's not just dependent on your time, relying on your time. You're relying on people to like, if you're going to develop strategic partnerships and you put that in one month, well, you need to like send out initial emails, make initial phone calls. You need to develop maybe the value proposition that you need to send those people. So there's a lot that goes into even before you can reach out to a strategic partner. What are you telling them? Um, you know, what's the benefit of them coming to you? You need to think all that stuff out. So you can put in as many tactics here as you need to show that there's a lot of work that goes into this and this is going to help you in your budgeting piece because the more tactics, the more things that need to get done, the more things you can charge for. And then we go into deliverables. So what deliverables are they going to get? Are they going to get raw data? Are they going to get survey results? Will they get a report? Are they going to get pictures and stories? Like what are they going to get? What's the deliverable? Maybe the deliverable is that the food pantry is launched, that a building is erected, you know, and you're going to tell them it's done. Okay. So whatever the deliverables are, these are usually like tangible items. Okay. So in the actual survey results, you're actually going to send them something. You're going to send them a report. Um, you're going to show them that uh, something was built. Okay. All you have to do is list the deliverables like in a table and then what's the expected completion date so that these are like the major milestones of the project. And then the budget, how much will it cost for people and supplies? So usually I break this down as project team time and costs. So what does it cost for the principal project manager um, to manage the project? How many hours will it take? What's their hourly rate? If you need other people to come in, you need somebody, uh, the construction person, you need a quantitative analyst, you need a communications person. All of those people need to go into the budget so that you can execute what you said you can execute. And that's what, you know, I would just put in a contract rate. Even if you have people on your team that are going to do it, I would just put what it would cost you even if that team member went away. So if I was going into the free market today and I needed to get a social media manager, that social media manager is going to cost me $35 an hour as a contract rate. If I personally on my team has have somebody that is $15 an hour and I'm probably going to give her most of the work, that's fine. But if she goes away, you do need to be able to complete the grant. So I always do the contract rate if I was going out into the world and hiring somebody new quantitative analysis, a construction uh, person, you know, whatever you need, you need to put all of their time um, and their work into it. Okay. And then there's other costs. Are you going to travel? Do you have program supplies that you need to buy? Is there, you know, printing and just every cost that you can imagine. 
Okay, and then usually there's also some indirect costs that uh, you can charge for. Sometimes it's like, there's usually a rate, like 11% of the whole amount you can charge for. And these indirect costs are things like, you know, keeping your lights on, um, your all the infrastructure you have that's already there to run your business. Like, you know, when you're dealing with grants, you have an accounting manager and you have to have somebody um, take that money in and all those things cost you money to upkeep. So a lot of time there's kind of like an indirect 11% or 12%, 15%, whatever the, the grant says you're allowed to do or the funder says you're allowed to do that you pad in there for indirect costs because there are going to be costs associated with this grant that are indirect. It's like your accounting manager isn't a direct cost of this grant, but you kind of need her to be able to do this stuff, okay? So factor in the indirect costs as well when you do your budget. Just plug in the information, get organized, and I'm telling you, once you do this and you develop this beautiful proposal, What's great about it is you have all this confidence. So you're like, I'm so glad you asked more about this one program that's on this one pager. Here it is developed into a full-fledged proposal. And now, not only do they know what you're gonna do, but you know what you're gonna do. You don't know how many times I've worked with nonprofits that do get $100,000 to do something, $50,000 to do something, and then when I say like, oh, what's the grant say? What's the proposal say? And they're like, uh, there wasn't really one. It was like a, a paragraph, and we don't really know what we're gonna deliver on. We don't even know what we're really allowed to use the money on, and, and then it's like, okay, you know? And honestly, that to me says the funder's kind of disorganized too, so it probably doesn't really matter what you deliver on, but don't you want the money to, you don't just want the money. You want the money to push your mission forward. You wanna be really, really clear on like, this is the exact thing that this money is funding, and here's our KPI so that we can measure success. And then you feel great about it, and every time you do this and you win uh, a proposal, you win funding, then you get better and better at it, and then you get to copy and paste because you have you know your professional overview already set up, and it gets easier every time. Like when I, I I love writing proposals now because I'm confident about doing it. I've won so many, and I've done it using this proposal template that I'm like, sure, let's write it up. And I love like, no, let's think through every single thing. This project isn't just going to be a quick one. Like it takes a lot of work. Let's think through all the different key activities we need to do, and let's charge for those. Okay, let's get as much money as we possibly can so that we, because the worst thing you can do is say, is not think through it all and say, oh, I think it'll cost me, you know, $20,000. And then this thing is way more work than you thought. And for 20 grand, the funder gets to take credit for all this stuff, but really you've put like 40 grand into it because of all the different people you've had to bring in and your time. So don't undervalue how much time it's gonna take you, all the supplies you'll need, everything it really will take, okay? And I'm telling you, whatever time you think something's gonna take, add, add to that because it always takes more time, right? It's like, oh, we'll get the emails of some strategic partners and then when you sit down to do it, you go to all of their websites to try to get their emails and you can't find their emails and it's a lot harder than you thought and now you're bringing in a team member so that they can look at it and now and you never charge for their time. It's like it all there's always something. So add on, okay? All right, I want to see you guys write proposals. Like I don't want to give you just enough, which like that one pager is great. Everybody should have a one pager if there's anything at all that you think that you need funded that you think should be funded. If you don't have a one pager, Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna even look at it. 
So that's your first step to showing, yes, we've thought about it. We know what problem we're solving, why we're the solution, why us, why it matters, how much it's gonna cost. And then when somebody bites on one of those, those are like your little bait. And when somebody bites on one of those and goes, tell me more, sure, would you like me to draft up a full proposal? You draft up the full proposal, okay? And then you have like your roadmap and you're confident and they're like, holy smokes, this person's so organized. This is the best proposal I've seen. We'll give you that money. And now you're in the proposal winning business, okay? All right, I hope that was helpful. Please comment below on something that you are going to build a proposal for. Please like, subscribe, send this video to anybody that it would be helpful for. I want to see nonprofits do well. I want to see nonprofits be less overwhelmed and more intentional so that they can be more impactful. Thank you so much for your service to this world. Until next time.